Hello, everybody. This is Rick Ryman, and this is one of our podcasts, but it's a different kind of podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about the COVID emergency. Usually you hear me talking about history subjects, because as a PhD in history, that's my wheelhouse. I would like to be talking about history, but it seems like there is uh, something of an emergency going on now, and it's a completely man-made emergency. And that emergency is the fact that even as COVID infections continue to rise in many parts of the United States, and in other parts of the United States, it's flattened but not gone down, it seems the height of insanity for some governors to open up their states, as they say, and allow people in all kinds of businesses that involve close contact with individuals to allow them to open up and spread infections more widely. If, if there's anything we've learned about this COVID emergency, it's that this infection, this, this virus, is fatal in many cases, and it cannot always be predicted who will live and who will die. The cases are extraordinary in terms of number. In some parts of the country, it's an absolute emergency on a scale of like no other. And of course, I'm thinking about places like New York, but not just New York, places like Michigan, Florida, Georgia, have enormous numbers of infections. And the curve is basically flat in many of these places, like New York, like Georgia. It may seem to be going down, but the reality is that the reason why the curve is just starting to go down is because we have been sheltering in place and because we have had businesses closed, as we should. Now, this has only been going on for a month, and it's been very, very difficult for many people. Everybody understands this, but it's only been going on for a single month, and we are getting a handle on the situation only because we have put this effort into saving lives. If we stop this effort, then the curve is not going to continue to go down. The only reason it's going down is because of what we've been doing. And therefore, if we stop what we've been doing, the curve is going to go up again. And at some point, we're going to have to go through all of this over again. And the pain will be enormous because every one of us is going to begin to know somebody who got this disease and didn't recover from it. That's what our future is if we open up businesses that are very important to us, but if we open them up too soon. Think about it this way. If we go, say, another month, and we have nipped this first wave, if there is a second wave, in the bud, then we will have time to prepare, and possibly time, to develop a a vaccine that will help us avoid a second wave. But if we give up now and lose all the gains we've made, and of course those gains have been purchased at the price of an enormous death toll of 40,000 people, then the lid's going to come off the pressure cooker and tens of thousands of people will die unnecessarily. Now you might say, 
how do I know that? Or how do you know that? You're not an epidemiologist. No, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm an historian, but I've also studied the pandemic of 1918. And I see the mistakes that were made then. And the main mistake was letting their guard down too early. And it wasn't the first wave of the Spanish flu that killed 60 million people. It was the second wave that took place after a downturn in the casualties from the first wave. So one of the things that historians least like to see is a repeat of the mistakes that were made in the past. We should not be repeating the same mistakes. If we do, it's because we are so clueless as not to take advantage of the lessons of the past that were purchased at such a high cost. But this is what's happening now. And of course, the other thing that's so distressing, actually there are two things that are as distressing as what I've been talking about. One is that people do not understand that when they get sick, they can very easily transfer this disease to somebody who is not as capable, perhaps, as they are of surviving this infection. And so many people sincerely believe that they're strong and that they should be allowed to decide the risks that they take for themselves. Now, that has a certain logic to it, but it doesn't last very long, the logic, that is, because the fact of the matter is you are responsible not only for your own health, but in the case of the coronavirus, which, which spreads so easily and to so many people, you're responsible for the health of others as well, whether you like it or not. And so many people are absolutely ignorant of this fact, or perhaps willfully ignorant. I'm not sure. Of course, many people have been acclimated to politicians who say that the news is fake. Well, the news about the coronavirus is not fake. The deaths that are happening are all too real, and we all know this. It's gotten over 40,000 dead so far, and this has only been going on for a month. Think about that. Some people say, well, 60,000 people die from the flu each year. Yes, but that's over a nine-month period. In the case of the coronavirus, this has all happened in one Month. Or on the outside limits, it's been going on for maybe one and a half months. So what we are going to see, I'm afraid, is an upsurge in cases. And instead of 60,000 dead, which is quite possible given the strictness of the quarantine we have self-imposed upon ourselves at great cost, but given this very, very serious effort we've made, we could have limited the dead to 60,000. I'm afraid now it's going to be well higher than 100,000. We don't know how high, but states like Georgia, Florida, other southern states have, in my opinion, been totally irresponsible in opening up businesses that have no business being opened up because the death rate from the coronavirus is certainly going to rise as a consequence. And the rationale that's often given for doing this is that these businesses that are opening up first 
have been the ones that could not be conducted uh, with some profit making in the past four weeks. In other words, because these businesses have suffered more than other businesses, we have to open them up sooner. But, you know, that, that argument completely ignores the fact that some of these businesses involve close contact between customers and employees. For example, the nail salon business for example, the nail salon business is one of these businesses, and the, the rules say, well, you can open up on Friday, but you still have to maintain social distancing. Now, how do you maintain social distancing when an employee has to paint the toenails of a customer? Obviously, there can be social distancing between the customers in the shop, but not between the customers and the employees. And so that shows the insanity of this decision by the state of Georgia and other southern states to open up purely for economic reasons without regard at all for public health. And the crazy thing about it is that it's going to guarantee not only an upsurge in cases, not only an upsurge in deaths, but also a future closure of the economy to try to get right what we are already getting right or were getting right before these southern governors began opening up their states without regard to public health. Please think about this and urge your representatives, urge your governors, if they haven't already done so, to think twice before opening the economy it might only be one more month of this that we have to go through in order to guarantee public health over the long run. Are we so weak that we can't do something hard for more than four weeks? And the other thing that I wanted to say is that it does appear that the coronavirus causes a type of pneumonia which is called silent hypoxia, in that patients who experience it do not know that they have pneumonia until it's almost too late to save them. Because while they have pneumonia in the early stages, they can breathe, in their opinion, perfectly fine. But the pneumonia is actually getting worse even though they don't know it. And by the time they have trouble breathing, they are in critical condition from pneumonia, and it's often impossible to save their lives. So this is one of the insidious things about the coronavirus. Now, you say, well, how do you know that? You're not a doctor. No, but I just read a New York Times article written by Richard Leviton, who is an emergency doctor and a specialist in intubation. So I learned by reading... I learn by listening, and too many Americans are doing neither, and they're being led by leaders who do neither. And so it is imperative that we as citizens wake up and demand that our leaders listen to public health first and economic arguments second. Or if they want to intertwine the two, then intertwine the two. Make sure that we try whatever is necessary to maintain public health, 
even as we are bringing our economies back. What we see today is a rush to reopen the economy for the sake of money and not for public health. And so that concludes this podcast, but the emergency continues. And it is only by learning, it is only by reading, it is only by listening, it is only by following the experts who have spent a lifetime developing knowledge, not fake news, but knowledge that we have to listen to for the sake of our country and the sake of our lives. This is Rick Ryman.